Welcome back to another Synchronic Forwards Backwards podcast brought to you not from the corner of Glenway and Monroe. This week on the pod, we talk meaningless business terms, deconstruct diving into Madison, and Sigma Oasis. As always, I'm joined by the bozo to my cookie, the clown, Dan Fallon. Dan, did your invitation to Kyle Walker's sex party get lost in the mail? <laughs> Apparently. Um, yeah, that was pretty brazen. Uh, someone, in our, someone in our text group said that as, you know, as long as the sex workers were wearing rubber suits, that maybe it was... Maybe it was on the up and up, but yeah, well, yeah. You don't want to kink sham. So if they're in that <laughs> that thick latex, maybe they're there's you know, maybe they're fine. Were you uh, the one who pointed out that when it's your turn to host the sex party, it's your turn to host the sex party, and there's no getting out of it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty sacred con- con- contract, right? If if it's your turn, you got to host that that party. Uh, we also welcome Cowboy Neil at the wheel, Helvati. <laughs> Who we should like, also say one more thing about that, Keith, that Jack Grealish is the most excited man in the world now because <laughs> nobody remembers that he got drunk and smashed his car. Now everyone's Yeah, just now everybody's like Kyle sex Walker. party. Friends, uh, I have friends who, who text me that don't follow soccer and they're like, oh, I've got a new favorite soccer player, Kyle Walker. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, so we also welcome Cowboy Neil at the Wheel Havati, who's going to help us update our playlist because he's obviously cooler than you and I, Dan, uh, with, some, with some new music. And uh, talk about how his Poshmark store is doing in in Corona team. Finally, uh, our guest, our final guest today, uh, badgered his way into appearing on the pod. Uh, Connor Kaloya, who is CEO, COO, and owner of Forward Madison. Welcome, Connor. Thank you, uh, Dan. Every time we every time we see Connor, he's like, "Hey guys, can I appear on the pod?" Yep. And I think to myself. Connor, you literally own your own pod. You have the pod that shall not be named. And yet they you're like, oh. On that, on that, yeah, they won't let me on that one. So uh, give me, hold on, guys. I got to update my resume here real quick and just put that I appeared on your pod now. Officially. <laughs> uh, I've talked to a lot of great soccer journalists, but now now I've made it. Well, I, tried to, I tried to update um, Cowboy Neil's Wikipedia page that he's, one of, he's a regular contributor to the podcast I had a great media section added. It was taken down within like five minutes. Really? Yeah. Some editor came on and, and took it off and said that none of it was, uh, was properly cited. <laughs> I accept the edit. I want the edit, please. And it was, it on. everything I put was true. I wasn't, I didn't even like make any of it up. It was ridiculous, but it was all true. We'll take ridiculous. I'll contact the wiki, the wiki people. Probably a lot of donation. Yeah. <laughs> Can we buy access to yeah. Wikipedia for the Well, you cited our you cited our Twitter page, Dan, and they went nobody would name their Twitter handle something so ridiculous. At forwards back what two. Uh Dan, have we put our uh 400th follower takeaway on suspension uh, due to coronavirus, or I think we we've still been do that? I think we've been losing subscribers uh, last time I checked. So I thought we were at 321. I mean, I okay. did, uh, you know, uh, I thought we were, but I, I figure if they put it out and, you know, uh, spray it with like some Clorox, we can still take it away if we get to 400 follower. Yeah. 327 we're at. Quarantine oh. is a, being in quarantine is a, is a aphrodisiac for listening to podcasts. <laughs> a pod, pododisiac. <laughs> uh, for, for people at home that don't remember, uh, if you are our 400th follower and you are local to Madison, 
we don't want to contribute to the more crap in the world. Instead of a giveaway, we are doing our 400th follower takeaway, which means we will show up at your house and take something from you. <laughs> if you're not home, we will still take something from your house. And has the legal stylist gotten back to us on whether that's a B&E or not? We, we had a three-hour Zoom call last night, and we couldn't come to a conclusion yet. How much is that costing us in legal fees? He, remember, he's a stylist. It's pretty cheap. Okay, good, good. So anyhow, uh, we, we do have some questions for Connor. We're excited to have him on, uh, especially now that we don't have anything better to talk about. Um, so, you know, I think that's, that's the perfect time to have Connor on. Uh, but we, we are warning you, Connor, if you start dropping in business buzz terms, like, uh, the, you know, you just keep saying synergy or data, like Jared Kushner, you know, like a broken MBA robot, we're not having you back on the pod. Just letting you know. Oh, all right. Well, I'll do my best to make sure you get plenty of those because uh, <laughs> this is a one and done for you. Yeah, one and done is good. I just uh, want to get my goal going in, up here. Yeah, my goal going <laughs> into this was to treat you like uh, David Letterman used to treat Richard Simmons on, on the late show. I don't know if you ever saw that. I did. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I've been compared to a lot of things and never expected Richard Simmons. Uh, I might not be dressed appropriately here. Should I, uh, let me. I got a tank top here. Hold on. We, we, we can't see your shorts, thank yeah, God. Yeah, that's I the more important. Really, I, I may yeah. have Richard Simmons' shorts out right now. You have yeah. no idea. No idea. I just want to say, I'm not part of this whole, like, not treating you well, Connor. I can't imagine there's another team owner that goes on a podcast and gets treated with as much disrespect as Keith is, is, is showing you right now. No, I mean, I, I've listened to uh, Gary Green, my good friend from Omaha, talking about uh, whatever the hoot, whatever it is. And... Uh, <laughs> They treat him with much more respect than I'm being treated right now. Well, but, they're ass you know, kissers. Holy maybe, Jesus. Maybe I'll have to call who gives a hoot uh, <laughs> and see if they, I can get on next week. Because, you know, <laughs> in the quarantine, all I'm doing is badgering to get on, on podcasts. Is well, it, because, this, because, guys, this is all confidential, right? Just between the four of us? No, nobody's yeah, listening, yeah. right? No. Right, well, right. uh, let, let's be honest. Our goal, Connor, is to alienate both our guests and our listeners. So yeah. <laughs> we're trying to get it down to, like, you know, two or three listeners, just the diehards. We want to be the, 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 the podcast for the diehards. There you go. That's really our goal. Uh, quality, Dan, you, quality over quantity. Keith. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have two dedicated listeners. We're kind of like the Grateful Dead in that way. You know, you, you may not like us, but it, once you do, you're, you're going to subscribe to everything we do. So that's, that's kind of the goal. Uh, Dan, did you want to fire first as, you know, you were a former employee of the club? And do you want to ask the question if Connor regrets hiring you first, or should we move to other questions? Uh, I mean, we could start with that one. I mean, I think inquiring minds want to know. Well, I would say that was Peter Wilt's hire, so I'll, I'll, pass, uh, I'll just I'll pass all. I, you know, I, no, I definitely did not regret it. Uh, I would not have the fine relationship I have with Dan Pell today had we not had a chance to work together. Uh, I think, uh, you know sometime when we get through this quarantine and way down the road when we write a book i think dan can tell some great stories about what a, a shit show we were when we were kind of getting off the ground so um uh you know I, any startup is challenging and uh, working out of uh temporary trailers we've made it or we thought we made it until this quarantine but uh but yeah i mean th th there's some good stories for sure dan was a, a good contributor to get us off the ground and I wouldn't change it for the world. Well, and that was one of the, the questions I kind of had was it, it, 
you know, your first year, obviously any startup is, as you said, a shit show and you finally kind of got things running and then the, you know, and it seemed like, you know, operations were, were smoothing out and probably things were a little less stressful for you. And now this comes along, uh, has it, does it feel like you're, you're starting all over again? Is it like running a startup again from your perspective? Yeah, I, I think in the next 30, 60, 90 days, whenever we ramp up again, it, it, it will feel like that. I, I think now is just this kind of surreal uh, uncertainty where we're going day to day, week to week to week, trying to figure out what's next and, and how do we quickly get back on our feet. But when this first kind of all hit, when the NBA shut down, I, you know, I'd say for American sports, that was kind of the, the trigger point. When that happened to the 72 hours or maybe 96 hours after that, it moved super quick, like lightning fast, decisions were going every half hour. And then it continued like that for the next week. Now we're in this kind of weird holding pattern where we're moving kind of slowly, trying to figure out when we can get back. Um, I, would, I would compare where we are right now to being like uh, a team that's maybe 18 months out from playing a game. And, and in reality, we're, we're, we're hopefully 60 days or something. But I would say, like, this is your startup period where you're just launching the brand, you're ready to go, but you quite, you can't quite fully activate it. And once we have a schedule, once we know when we're playing, then we can fully activate it. So how, I have kind of two questions off of that. One is, do you have a day-to-day -day routine right now that you're in this holding pattern? Are you, you know, structuring things with, with the kind of team and marketing and all that at, at forward to, you know, keep, keep things going? Or is it more we're taking it as it comes and, and, you know, reacting rather than being proactive. Yeah. I say we're yeah. We're, we're, it's, it's unlike anything we expected or, or different than what we're used to. I would say we're getting a rhythm or starting to get a rhythm, um, you know, on the digital content side of things and the marketing side of things. Uh, I think we're starting to hit our stride a little bit. We're getting in a routine. We've got a normal kind of cadence of running the business on the ticket sales side, side of things. Um, you know, until we have a schedule, it's going to be a, a little slow or just going to be really just maintaining relationships, connecting with customers, thanking them for their business. And then when we know more, we'll communicate that to you. And same thing on the partnership side of things. I think what we've learned during this, this kind of shutdown is communication is more important than ever and trying to over communicate as much as possible. Um, but, but it's definitely a different routine. We're all trying to learn it, figure it out. Um, the amount of work, the workload that we had going into this compared to now is, is, is quite a bit different, but we expect it to quickly ramp up if, uh, you know, if we start getting some clarity on when we'll be playing again. Connor, I was curious, you know, there's, um, particularly in League One, you've got a kind of a lot of different models, right, with MLS2 teams and, um, you know, and even you mentioned Gary Green, who doesn't live in the market where he owns the team. I think that's kind of the same for Chattanooga. How are different teams kind of, you know, are you leaning on, on are, you know, are you kind of in conversation with a certain group um, who have kind of the same, you know, kind of the same goals that you have for, for your, your business? And um, is that different than some of the other clubs, particularly, you know, the MLS2 teams that yeah. kind of have a very different goal in mind for what they're trying to achieve? Yeah, I would say that there's been a very good relationship built between the independent owners. Um, I would say there's a one or two executives on the MLS2 side that are kind of in that group as well. But, but the independent folks uh, over the last six months, last year, have kind of built um, a, a little network where we're just constantly communicating. Um, and to, to Keith's point earlier, even though we're a year in, we're still all startups. So when, you, when you're a startup, you're trying to figure it out. Nobody's quite mastered this business model yet. 
Uh, we had a great first year, but we still haven't figured out the business model yet. So we're all working together to figure out the business model uh, for the long term. And so, um, yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, we, we talk frequently with the other uh, League One independent owners, and some of it's about operations, some of it's about, uh, you know, stuff like the, the PPP loans, the, the small business loans, and how that applies to our business. Some of it's about um, how we're interacting with players and coaches during this time. But um, yeah, I would say there's a really good network. I talked to Gary in Omaha. He's a great resource, you know, in addition to owning and launching the Omaha team, he owns three minor league baseball teams. Uh, he's a very good businessman and, and a good resource, very well plugged in. Uh, but then also, you know, uh, Darren in South Georgia, uh, Matt Spear in Richmond, Chris Lewis in Greenville, um, you know, Amanda in Tucson. I mean, we, we all, it depends on the topic, but we all kind of cross over a little bit and, and it depends on the day too. Um, but it, but it's, it, there's good dialogue. I, I would say this, while there's been a lot of challenges, I would give the league a lot of credit for the amount that they're communicating with teams. Um, there's not always a ton of information to provide, but their frequency of communication is good. That's a good starting point. And they're doing that both at the executive level, but also for our PR folks, our merch folks, our ticket sales folks. Um, and then I would say there's good, good dialogue amongst the teams as we all try and figure this out because it, it is unprecedented and hopefully it's the, the only time we have to go through this. Uh, related, and this is kind of a question for you, Connor, and then also Neil, if you have a chance and you want to jump in, this has got to be tough on a morale side because people who work uh, in sports, one of the things they love about it is that like game day atmosphere and, and that's been pushed off. What are you, are you guys doing anything to help, you know, maintain morale and, and keep morale up, especially as, you know, the, the business side of things, people are undoubtedly worried about keeping their jobs too. Yeah, I'll go on the business side and then flip to Neil. I mean, uh, uncertainty, uncertainty breeds anxiety. And uh, unfortunately, um, there's just an overwhelming amount of uncertainty right now. I wish I, I wish I could tell our players, tell our staff, tell everyone, everyone involved, we're going to be playing soccer on X date. We just can't do that right now. And so um, we're doing our best to, to communicate, to, to try and keep spirits up. But at the same time, uh, doing what we need to do to make sure the business is viable and it's here in 2021. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we, we were ready for a record year, only being our second year, but we were ready for a record year and, and we were built to do that and we were on pace for that. And now, you know, I think best case scenario, best case scenario, we're probably off 25 to 30% um, of what we planned if we're lucky. So uh, the uncertainty is tough, both, both for our full-time staff, but for the players, I mean, these guys came here, came to Madison, Wisconsin to play soccer, and, and they're working out alone. They, they can't work out in group training, um, and they can't use gyms. They can't be at the stadium. They can't be doing what they're, what they're used to doing. So everybody's out of their routine right now. I would say, um, from what I can tell, I think the mental uh, strength of both our team and our staff has been great, and it seems like everybody's business as usual and going along, but this isn't easy. I mean, this isn't easy on any aspect of the business. And I, I give our folks a lot of credit for uh, fighting through this together. Yeah, Neil, same thing. What are you guys doing on, on your side in terms of, you know, maintaining morale? Um, you know, I imagine as well, you've got guys, one, all over the country, you know, with the team and all over the world with the team and, you know, communicating with, with folks back home. Is there anything that's popped up that you've seen and what are you guys doing to kind of help ease that strain? I mean, we're, it's, it's, it's uncharted territory for everyone. So it's, 
like like Connor's doing with all the owners, Daryl and I are doing the same with a lot of coaches throughout our league and the championship and MLS. You're you're kind of searching for ideas on, on how to keep your guys going and and you're talking about morale. It's it's a thin line of guys want to get back out there and play, but you don't want to feed them false hopes of okay, we're going to be back in two weeks, we're going to be back in a month because at this point we we really don't know. It, it could be three months. We there's a chance we might not play this year. We, we don't know. So we kind of, our plan is we keep them going every week with a new plan. So it's just start over. Here's seven days of, of what we're going to do for workouts, of, of when we're going to meet on Zoom calls. Uh, some Zoom calls are serious and we do some video sessions. Some are less serious and it's just, let's get together with the guys for 30 minutes and see everyone's face. And, and you can tell that the guys, that those times are great. And the staff loves it. Most of the staff jumps on that when they can. The guys love it because all the guys, even though they're in the same complex, they do their part not to hang out in the same space all the time. Um, so I give credit to the guys. They're doing all they can. And as a staff, we're doing all we can to, to get creative um, and kind of help them learn in other ways than, than being on the field. Um, so we're doing lots of individual meetings, lots of small group meetings. We have video sessions. Um, and just doing, trying to do some cool stuff. Here, uh, and then, uh, Dan, I'll let you ask the next question after this, but here's an important joint question. How are you guys ma- maintaining, uh, you know, Court Shore's morale, Daryl's morale, when he can't get out to the golf course right now? <laughs> I, I don't think Blackjack, uh, Blackjack has ever gone on so many walks, from what, what I hear. Uh, <laughs> uh, Blackjack being uh, Daryl's dog. I think, uh, yeah, between not being on the pitch and not being at the golf course, um, I think Daryl's holding up pretty well, and, and I talk to him fairly frequently. But, uh, but you, you know, uh, I think that guy was born to coach. And uh, you talk about us all being a little out of our element right now. Um, I think Daryl's Darryl's doing the best he can without, without being able to coach. Because that was Neil's, Neil's only question for me is, you know, is the golf course open? Uh, I think he's, he's worrying about Daryl. Have you considered getting him like a Wii so that he can practice at <laughs> home? <laughs> We could. I, I think certain states the golf course is open, uh, yeah. especially. Uh, yeah. Drive well, down I, to I Illinois. Just, uh, I, I just a- continuing with the Twitter conspiracies. Um, I did see someone <laughs> post somewhere, you know, kind of uh, 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 a shot at U.S. soccer, base, basically being like these guys are sitting on piles of cash that they could help out clubs. And I, I Connor, this is a question for you. Have there been discussions um, with U.S. soccer about ways they might be able to kind of help out certain clubs, um, whether that's, you know, through kind of low interest loans or things like that. Cause obviously it's within their best interest to see a thriving, uh, ecosystem of soccer played at all levels. Yeah, no, I, I you know, I know that's happening in a lot of other countries. We, we, um, we're not aware of any discussions like that. Um, we, we, uh, we, other than our entry into the open cup annually, we, we don't have much relationship uh, with them. Uh, um, it's quite possible. Uh, those conversations are happening. It's just not something I'm aware of. Um, you know, I, I will tell you that the the, the USL, um, you, you know, has made the efforts they can to, to try and help the teams out, whether it's, uh, you know, the deferral of some fees or uh, some cooperation. So, so you know, the, the once again, the, the league is, um, you know, being a good partner uh, with us. Um, if there's something going on at the federation level, um, that's above my pay grade, and, and uh, I can't speak to that. We thought you were at the top 
pay grade, Connor? What is this? Can you uh, the guy that can get us some answers? Yeah, you got the wrong guy. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I, I, I fooled you. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, it was all lies just to get on the show once. Yeah. So, yeah. well done. Um, everything you know is false. Uh, yeah. I, I really, you know, I haven't talked to anybody in three weeks. I know nothing. I've made up everything <laughs> I told you so much. Uh, related we, keep back, we keep bringing Neil back on. So having talent obviously isn't part of like being. Yeah. Up. Yeah. yeah knowledge, you know. knowledge of talent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the things that, you know, uh, you guys, uh, you know, you guys are involved with, uh, baseball as well in the, in the summer and, and are, are there differences in how one, the, the sort of fan communities are handling the difference and two, you know, in terms of organizational support as well, are there differences there? What have you yeah, seen in terms of, of the comparison? Yeah, the, the main difference is more than anything is timing. You know, baseball, um, with our operations across the state, we, we, we start uh, the Tuesday after Memorial Day normally. So we still have a little time. So I think um, while we've been impacted psychologically, um, there hasn't been a shift in the schedule yet. And, and I don't think it's really kind of top of mind for people. Uh, with the fact uh, forward, uh, you know, we would have played uh, two games by now, I, I think. Is that right? Two games by now and um, uh, uh, an Open Cup match and, uh, you know, a couple other games. So because it, it's real for us, I think uh, the fans are a little more engaged. The fans are a little more um, eager to, to kind of support and get out. I think as we get more into May and June, I think the baseball fans, while they've been very supportive, they've been great. I think it'll hit them a little more when, when days are going by, if days are going by and they're not actually um, uh, performing. But, but I think because of the timing of the pandemic, the, the USL is fully engaged. Uh, they've been at this for a while. They're working hard on potential reschedules and uh, they're fully locked in. One of the things that was interesting was the USL talked about that kind of rolling two-week schedule that they operate on. Do you like that a little bit better than just kind of saying, hey, we're going to, you know, wait and see i mean you know we don't hear about any other sports league that has a similar kind of contingency plan in place is that you know yeah i think you know the, the usl from the start uh, rather than suspending indefinitely um you know suspended for 30 days and then and then they kind of you know went from there on, on cdc guidelines and on the training moratoriums it's been in two week kind of chunks um you know, I, I, I'm okay with that because um, I think we keep doing two weeks, hoping we'll know more in two weeks. And, and at some point, uh, we're going to know more. So um, I think going too far out or, um, you know, not going far enough out and, and being hard to it, I, I think it's a, a very fluid situation. And we just got to think two weeks at a time is fine. Um, you know, I know the president made some comments over the weekend, um, August, September. I think all we want more than anything is just some clarity um, and, and want, um, you know, the CDC or whoever it might be to say, you know, when, when they're ready for it, say, here's when we're going to be back on track. I think we need three weeks, maybe a month or somewhere between two weeks and a month to fully ramp up and, and be ready to go. And uh, uh, our hope still, um, you know, uh, with cooperation from the USL uh, and our other fellow teams, is even if we're starting late into the summer that we can get close to a full regular season in. Um, and and, and uh, I know that's the player's hope, I believe. And uh, I know that's the owner's hope. And uh, it all depends on when that start date is, but we're going to do everything we can to collaborate with our other 
teams and get as many games in for our fans because that's what we committed to do, and we want to do our best to uh, uphold that commitment. How much are you going to pay to shovel the pitch in December? We've got a plow, Keith. We're ready to go. Um, you know, while, while some people uh, think that that's brutal, we, we see it as a home field advantage. Uh, folks here in Wisconsin are hardy, and uh, we know our fans will turn out in four inches of snow. We've seen them do it. Uh, so we're, we, we had, you know, we, we, right before the pandemic, not, not, not correlated, we did purchase a, a four-wheeler and a plow, so we're ready to go. Trick Shander and his team are ready to go, and uh, we'll get that pitch clear. Uh, I, don't, I don't think you have to worry about the fans, but I saw some faces on when they got the team together before they went south that said, ooh, it looks a little cold outside, you know. <laughs> I, I don't think guys from Miami are exactly, you know, digging this idea of playing in a, playing in a snowstorm quite in the same way. Um, you know, I, I think Coach Shore and Neil get them, get them fired up, ready to go. If we're hosting, <laughs> especially if we're hosting in December, the game, the game probably means something. So, uh, so we're, we're ready for it. And we get the we get the ball that's the color of Neil's hat on on here as well, which is <laughs> we, like we a, have a, you know we have a dozen of those that we uh, we spent about a thousand dollars to overnight uh, the night before opening day on April twenty seventh, two thousand nineteen. So we have got we've got those ready to go. Uh, most expensive soccer balls you can buy, uh, ready to go. <laughs> I actually don't think we have any left. Really? Oh, I, we get we they turn into a collector's item. You're right. We we uh, autographed them and gave some away and. Those, oh, you were, sold some on the those black were taken market. away from those were taken away from us. So is this, the, is this batch? Is this the segue into uh, Neil's Poshmark page? Where yeah, <laughs> yeah, that could be where they are. <laughs> so Neil, uh, we, we well before we get to Neil's Poshmark page, one of the things that you know we do with Neil every week is we dive into Madison, and Neil has good requirements for for you know his his tavern of the week, and one of them is a good jukebox. And so in in quarantine. Uh, what are you listening to, Connor? I know what Dan is listening to, and we're going to get to that. But what are, are you listening uh, to any of the music? This is going to be where you, uh, you you Jared Kushner me off the show. Uh, <laughs> just because I've been uh, maybe a little too into business programming and not, not, not enough into uh, something that could call my mind and, and, and maybe uh, you know, take me on a little musical journey. So uh, I, I cannot, I, I can, what I can report to you is that my life at this time is extremely boring. Um, other than chasing around two kids and, and working a lot. Uh, we, while working from home, we haven't quite uh, revved down quite yet just because things, you know, are, are kind of in flux and we're trying to figure it out. So uh, I'm not a great guest to uh, no, no musical on a musical. Well, Connor, how about, how about this uh, in uh, pre-pandemic days? What would be your uh, tavern <laughs> of the week? What's that? What would be your tavern of the week? Tavern of the week. Well, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a near West side guy, so I would probably go with the village bar. Um, uh, covered that one. Come on. That's, that's okay. Not, it's official tavern of the pod. Yeah. Well, that's where we go when we go up the hill. They, they uh, yeah, love I, us I, there. I, I think we were actually going to meet there once. Not when I was going to be on your show, but I think when you were done with one of your illustrious guests, I was going to meet you there after once. <laughs> um, maybe talk about someday being on the pod. Uh, we we but, are going to uh, qualify you for being on the pod now. Yeah. Now we don't have any standards anymore. No, We're just no, letting everybody on. So it's time to Is the village currently serving takeout? I, I don't really think so. I don't completely think so. shut down. Completely there. shut down. Because I um, you know, I, I go by there on the way to the corner of Glenway and Monroe, and it's 
you know, fairly shut down. And I take the dog walking over there as well. And yeah, nothing. The Laurel Tavern is, is serving takeout though. If you are looking for a good bar food. There, there you go. On the near great. west side. Yeah. Great, great near west side. Uh, good, good fish fry at the Laurel. If yes. I, if I remember correctly. So Dan, what are you listening to in quarantine? I think we all know. <laughs> I feel like I'm only allowed to give one answer. Yeah. So fish put out. Many, yeah. So I, I've been wanting to hear this. I heard fish like dropped it two days early. Right. So I am in the loop. I haven't listened, but, uh, yeah. So are, they, are you a fish every, fan, Connor? One day I used to be. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So every Tuesday night, a half dozen shows. I mean, that's like huh. 600 less than Dan, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So they, they, they've been replaying live concerts every Tuesday night. And so, so they've done that two weeks now. And so last week at the set break, they were like, they did a Zoom thing like this and uh, said, we're putting out a new album tomorrow night at eight o'clock. You can listen online. And they streamed the whole album. And then it was like available on Spotify at midnight. And, um, you know, I'm generally not a huge fan of their studio stuff. It's not why I listen to the band. And I would say this is one of the best albums they've ever put out. It's fantastic. Uh, it sounds like them. Uh, it doesn't sound like a weird producer came in and tried to make them make a studio album and uh i've listened to it a number of times and it's very very good i didn't know connor that you've been to six shows i i went to my first show in 1994 i have not i think i went once more and not been back my brother is the big fish head i'm a dead guy myself and i've been you know, if we didn't have Neil to update us on new music, Dan and I would be discussing the merits of like five eight seventy seven versus five nine seventy seven in the you know Grateful Dead canon. I think left to our own. I, mean, I, okay. mean, I, I would, could get. I would like to get some other Bill stuff. Walton on your show. What's that? Oh my gosh! Have you ever tried to get Bill Walton on? That would be amazing. You know, you know his his uh, broadcast partner is from Madison. Um, oh yeah. Dave Pash, Dave Pash, he's a Madison guy, went to Madison Memorial. Maybe we can, uh, there you I, go. Think, I think my dad knows the, the father, so maybe we can work it and get, get you know, Bill Walton on. So Bill Walton, just, Bill Walton Fish Story, the first uh, con fish show I took my wife to, 12-31-2000 uh, and two, New Year's Eve at Madison Square Garden, we're behind the stage, and we look out into the audience, and she goes, who is that giant guy? And there's Bill Walton off to the side on the floor, grooving out. He was standing on the floor of Madison Square Garden, and he looked like he was as tall as the people like in the first row of not the floor. It was, uh, he's a very tall man, very tall man, who's eating a lot of acid. <laughs> so, so Neil, uh, in the non-fish, non-Grateful Dead, you know, kind of repertoire, what what are you listening to? And you, you gave me a couple of recommendations. Why should people check these out other than, you know, you're the coolest person on this podcast? I, mean, I don't like to think I'm the coolest person on the podcast, but I'm definitely not watching live fish shows. So there's, we got some differences. <laughs> and to each their own, because one of my favorite bars, Ohio Tavern, plays live fish shows. So That's true, respect. yeah. Uh, and on that note, uh, it's usually deep dive, um, even though we're quarantined. Support your local eateries. Um, my girlfriend's living with me right now. She's in Chicago, but she's up here because who wants to be in Chicago right now? Because there's way too much Corona. So, 
we've done our best to support everyone local. Bar Coralini, um, Halong Bay, more than a few times. Um, festival all the time. But there's plenty of races, places around town that are serving up goodies still. Um, and and we'd say as well, you can. There are via, um, and we'll put it on the the Twitter feed again. Ways to tip the bartender at your local, which is you Absolutely. know, if you've, if you've got Venmo, you know, give them a couple of bucks. It'll it'll help them get through because this has been a, a tough hit for a lot of them. Absolutely. And then uh, in the household, we we kind of got music playing nonstop. Um, she's of course working from home which is great. So um, she usually gets it going in the morning with something lighter. And then I usually pick it up in the afternoons with something a little heavier, um, something a little driving. But if you have Spotify and like we all should have Spotify, um, the all out eighties playlist is phenomenal. Um, After 5 PM, put it on, put it on shuffle, have a good time. Um, You can't go wrong with it. We got a dartboard inside, cook up something fresh let it go. Um, one of the albums I sent across, um, the artist's name is Sun Little. Um, oh, yeah. Like a Frank Ocean, Leon Bridges, R&B, soul, blues type of vibe. A uh, little new age stuff. Chris Fox might not like him, but he's still great. <laughs> his, album, his album that came out in 2020 is called Aloha. Um, he's riding a bike with a little five panel hat on. So I think he looks like Chris Fox. So that's why I said Chris Fox. <laughs> so I hope he digs into me for that one. Is his um, voice as deep as Chris Fox's? Uh, I don't want to say he doesn't have those nice raspy tones to it, but he's a little smoother. <laughs> no, um, filtered versus unfiltered cigarettes is what you're telling me. <laughs> Uh, it might be menthol versus non-menthol. <laughs> you don't know. Um, and then the second, the second album is called The Dip Delivers. And they're a little more uh, old school, St. Paul and the Broken Bones type style. Um, the Dip, The Dip Delivers. So it's funky. It's fresh. Um, again, I dance in my kitchen every time I cook. So that's, that's the kind of stuff I put on. Excellent. Excellent. And well, how- Neil, Neil, well, hold on, Neil. This reminds me that actually pre-quarantine um my wife was in nashville and brought back a bunch of vinyl and uh brought me back the um the uh, charles bradley album but it it's without any lyrics it's just the minahan street band or what uh, the it's it's not the dap kings the men the Mena, menahan street band or whatever it's just like the grooves from that album and it's it's Great. You're asking me to dance. So I, I believe I believe Charles Bradley played the inaugural festival food shake the lake. I think uh, you're right. I think he was our headliner on uh, on one stage. So uh, yeah. rest in peace, Charles Bradley. Yeah, I saw him at the Majestic, and that's still one of the best shows I've seen in Madison. Um, I think he changed outfits four times. Um, I caught one of the roses that he threw into the audience. Uh, Special mouth. <laughs> My bra. That <laughs> <Not> was <as> impressive. <laughs> so uh, other than the data, I also will say, uh, if you get a chance, I've been listening to the 1960 Miles Davis, John Coltrane European tour on uh, Spotify. They've got a lot of those albums there. 
Really recommend it. They are, it, it's on fire because Coltrane doesn't want to keep playing with Miles Davis. And so he's just going out there and just tearing it up every night. It's fantastic. So that's, that's my non-cool recommendation for, for music in the, in the interim. Connor, we have another uh, guest with us. Who's that? We do. This is uh, Keegan. Uh, oh, my, uh, my, my three-year-old son who uh, barged in, but uh, isn't much for interviews. What's up, uh, Keegan? Say hi. Keegan named after, of <laughs> course, uh, you know, famous. Recording. You're good, dude. <laughs> named after famous Liverpool striker Kevin Keegan. There you go. Uh, the, the graffiti in, in Liverpool at the time, one of my favorites of all time, was Jesus saves, but Keegan scores on the rebound. So, <laughs> uh, Neil, how's Poshmark coming? I mean, you can't uh, restock, so are you like break, breaking in at night to the flamboyance and selling stuff underground? What's going on? <laughs> no, the, uh, the underground tunnels of Greece are on lockdown, so we're doing our best to have everyone stay out of there so we don't bring any uh, COVID-19 in. Um, my, my Poshmark is, is flowing. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a check-in three or four or five or six times a day I, I had about seven sales this weekend so i'd say i was in the positive this weekend um i'm running out of inventory because obviously i can't get to goodwill um can't get to st vinnie's they stayed open for a long time bless their hearts but the, the sourcing part of it's tough but um selling selling a lot but you can always sell more right connor <laughs> Yes, right now especially, you bet. <laughs> well, Con Connor, you know, we, we talked uh, la last week about the Sunderland Till I Die podcast yeah. uh, uh, show, which is amazing. But I, I, I was stunned to learn that Sunderland is the same size as Madison. So you might want to tell that sales crew of yours that they could easily be getting twenty five to 40,000 people a night Packing that into Bree Stevens. Uh, I think we're I think we're undershooting our attendance marks there. So you guys asked about morale. Uh, I think we're going to wait a little while to have that conversation. <laughs> but uh, less than give or take ten days from when we resume. Yeah, we're, we're going to we'll 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 show them that video and we'll get them fired up. The the new well, targets. Yeah, first place first yeah. place is a Cadillac. Second place is a set of steak knives. Third place is you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> We'll also, uh, you know, start the conversation about expanding the facility onto Patterson, Brearley, and, uh, and Mifflin, because I'm sure that would be well-received right now. Uh, well, I think, uh, I don't know if you saw the, the thing of the Mexican stadium that could hold a million people. I think that, <laughs> that would work well. Uh, wow. So, yeah. I'm sure you won't one. have any plan, any problems with the neighbors on that one. <laughs> <laughs> So Dan, before we go, any what's what's grinding your gears this week? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to keep my gears uh, well greased. You know, like uh, yeah, I, I will say, um, you know, I've been uh, kind of committing myself to getting out and exercising quite a bit more than I ever have in my life. Um, and that brings you into contact with humans out on the streets uh, who are complete morons, um, who yep. are, you know, biking right over your, you know, come right up next to you and they could easily move over. My, my wife had some issues today with she was out walking and had, you know, was wearing a scarf as the CDC recommended and people rolling their eyes at her and walking right next to her. So 
um, I'd say just like any most days, it's just humans that that, that I hate. Um, well, so, uh, Dan, those uh, are our customers, humans. So, <laughs> we, uh, we aren't quite as critical. Related, as you. <laughs> related to customers, I, I think you should give a pitch because you do have the, the new uh, Forward Madison training top on and it looks fantastic. How, how does it hold up to your rigorous uh, training activities now? Oh, I wouldn't subject this to 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 getting all sweaty. This is this is my this is my casual leisure wear. I will say my favorite part is I didn't realize it had the the oh, uh, thumb, the thumb thing, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, so I'm very very excited about that. Um, so yeah, I picked up the, uh, the pullover. What else did I get? I got the black and pink hoodie for my buddy in Massachusetts. Um, I got to ship off to him. Uh, I feel like I had something else in that box, but can't remember. Did so. you go with the white hoodie? I've been wanting to go with the white hoodie, but we discussed this and it's going to end up with a coffee stain on it. Like Keith, immediately. You're not a white hoodie guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keith, you're not a black hoodie guy. I'm not a gray hoodie guy. You can't see yeah. it, but I have the lasagna stain on this one. We can see it. But you're not a white hoodie guy. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, maybe I'll go with the training top. Speaking, I do like it. Merge into the idea that we could always sell more. We're, we're just rolled out a t-shirt, uh, a forward for Madison t-shirt with uh, $10 from every sale going to the river food pantry. So we're doing a, a charity focused promo. Sorry for the plug, but because it's, no, it's awesome. Focused. Very focused, and our team put that together. And uh, you know, why, why, why it's a challenging time for a lot of us. It's really important that um, what's gotten us to where we are is the community, and we need to make sure we're supporting the community. So uh, we're excited to be uh, raising money for the River uh, Food Pantry, and, and hopefully, uh, we, we can make a nice donation with our our customers, our fans, uh, to that group. And yeah, uh, too, for all of your all of our local uh, news outlets, particularly the. The nonprofit ones. I made a contribution to Madison 365 the other day. Um, you know, making sure that these places are going to be around, um, particularly in times of uh, misinformation and people that would prefer us not to kind of know what's going on. There's a lot of people out there doing incredible work. Um, and, you know, we've already had the isthmus have to kind of curtail things for a while. And um, so for those that can, uh, you know, now's the time to double down on the things that you care about. So, and you know, doing that kind of, uh, yeah, appreciate that. And also, you know, the, the partnership you guys did, uh, last week where, you know, you, you paired with some local brewers as well, because these are, you know, every business, uh, you know, can, can use the help at this point and, you know, help out those folks that you can, where you can, I think we all know that. And if you're, if you are struggling, you know, don't, don't, be afraid to help reach out, uh, you know, for, for moral support or for, for help in, in other ways as well. Um, that's, that's why we're, we're all here. I think it's one of the good things about forward Madison is that in this short year, we've, we've built a community around the club and, uh, you know, people are, are pitching in and helping out wherever they can. So, um, you know, keep helping out the club by, by purchasing merch. If you can help out local organizations, all of those things. Um, but and what we'll we'll close with was what we close with every time uh is forwards not backwards upwards not forwards and always twirling 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 towards freedom on our
trying to figure out how you guys fit in the forward ecosystem and the best i could figure uh was that you're kind of like the wwe uh, <laughs> of forward madison you don't know it's fake you don't know it's real and even during a pandemic the two of you carry on so uh 